0: Welcome to the Video Gamer Podcast, episode 229. My name is Colin O'Hearn, and with me this week, sure you're no help behind the door, it's Chris Hallam. Oh my god. Good morning. And will you catch him? Catch him, Alice Bell. (laughs) Oh, you should have the dog. The dog was my favourite. No. (laughs) (laughs) Dogs have to piss him. The dog pissed himself with fright It feels like Isn't it amazing The rapid pace life moves at That that feels Like about four months ago That was within the last week Obviously uh, A bat got into a I'm gonna hazard a guess Kerry They sound Kerry uh, Kitchen And um, Yeah they were trying to get it out It was quite An enjoyable video To be fair (laughs) <laughs> Poor Derry, he was trying to get it out. He did in the end, to be fair. He did get it out in the end. Maureen was no help behind the door. <laughs> sick. Awful carry on.
1: Uh, the way he, like, he finally got the bat out and then kind of did the, like, like cleaned his hand, like, a kind of job well done, satisfied with himself.
2: That chuffed.
1: Yeah, as if he'd done a good job getting the bat out.
0: Done a terrific job. <laughs> got the bat out, I don't see a... Uh... I don't see the issue. Got there in the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and it's important to have things like that when the world is falling apart. And, um, Absolutely. It's fucking horrendous, <laughs> which is why I think that video really... It, it, resonated. It,
1: did,
2: it resonated. It did resonate. It brought sunshine on an otherwise dower week.
0: On to the news this week. So, Firewatch developer Campo Santo has filed a DMCA takedown against PewDiePie, otherwise, well, his real name is Felix Kjellberg, otherwise known as PewDiePie, uh, after his use of a racial slur on a live stream of PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Now, there is zero debate as to uh, whether or not PewDiePie's usage of the word was I don't know in good taste or whatever? Like it was understandable. Wasn't. Yeah, understandable. No, no yeah.
1: he shouldn't. You shouldn't say that. It was bad.
2: It was. It was accept- bad and wrong.
1: Yeah. Like there's no debate over that. So we're not going to debate that, and we're we're not going to allow debate of that in the comments. Yeah,
2: you
0: know I'm saying mm-hmm. what this has led on to is uh, developers. Even as of this morning, Smogo, who are the developer behind. I think I've banged on about Year Walk or maybe Device 6 in this podcast before being absolute bangers of games. Well, uh, I think it was only this morning or maybe late last night on Twitter. uh, They said, hi at PewDiePie. Can you delete your Year Walk Let's Plays from your YouTube channel? Uh, We don't want our work to be associated with you. Now, that's obviously not as strong as what Campo Santo have, have done, which is, yeah, have issued a DMCA takedown On a Firewatch video that uh, uh, PewDiePie put up whenever it was. When was Firewatch out? Oh, it was a while ago, but it had like 5.7 million views. Mm -hmm.
1: 2016-ish? Yeah, 2016. Uh, So, so, like,
0: like, yeah. yeah. If you don't know, a DMCA takedown is, uh, I believe it stands for Digital Millennium Copyright Act. It was brought in 1998 by saxophone playing Bill Clinton. Uh, Also, he's the president of America as well there for a bit. And he brought he brought it into, I suppose, as the world was changing. Yeah. He got it like the digital aspect of uh, of copyright law. And that was brought in. And this is where games have always been in this kind of weird space. Yeah, it's,
1: a, it's so I never really think about it until it's brought up. And probably most people don't really realize. But basically, most of the stuff we do in terms of Let's Plays or... Uh, videos or like videos of gameplay and stuff like that. We kind of d- shouldn't be allowed to do, but we just are because it benefits most of the time benefits. It the the company increases their the, outreach doesn't it
2: in ways that they yeah. wouldn't otherwise mm-hmm. want to spend resources on doing so they kind of essentially give us permission to do it by not saying anything
0: yeah it's it's, a, it's
2: like
1: kind
0: a fair of. usage isn't
1: yeah, it's it a, well, it's it's a, no, two, well, this no well this thing fair yeah. use is a separate thing
0: like well it's it's a two-way street yeah. like we get content out of uh, other people's games Absolutely. and other people's games get a sort of pseudo-marketing out of us making content. Because our audience then becomes aware, and they have IGN's GameSpots, Eurogamer, so on and so forth. Their audience, when they make videos, do articles, so on and so forth, their audiences become aware of Firewatch, Tacoma, whatever game, you Mm. know? Um, But yeah, so on... And there was a little bit of chatter, I suppose, when this was said, because... On Campo Santo's website, they spe- which like they specifically said, you know, we love streamers, we love um, content creators. Yeah, uh, we make videos, do whatever you want with it. Kind of share the message, hmm. which obviously counteracts what they've said here. However, um, oh, I can't think of his name. He's video game attorney, I think on yeah. on Twitter. Uh, he said. That Because other people were saying, can they do this after they've said, uh, you know, make whatever you want on their website? Well, he did. Yeah, he said, Yeah, they, they can do whatever they want. Yep. It's their content. At any stage, they can say, everyone make everything or no one make anything. Precisely, yeah.
1: So, and people are saying like, no, it's totally fair use. Fair use doesn't cover, like even if, so fair use means you can use sort of short clips of stuff if you are doing I mean, it's more complicated, but basically, you, you need to be doing sort of criticism of it and you, you need to be using the content. So, I need to show you this so it's that you up understand. It's 10 this point. second clips, isn't it? It's, it's not very long. So, yeah. like, uh, uh, <laughs> it's kind of why none of the massive streamers really do Nintendo stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. Nintendo are no bastards for it. They just, Nintendo will copyright
0: claim fucking anything, anything you use of their stuff. And like like even look at Atlas, they didn't want anyone uh, streaming past whatever it was, June or July of persona. Yeah. Uh like these things are, are becoming more more prevalent, I suppose. Now this is a different case within that same sphere. Absolutely. Um but then afterwards, like after going on Twitter and issuing the DMCA takedown, uh Sean Vanneman of Campo Santo, he spoke to BuzzFeed. Uh, and he said, I wish there was a clear way to say we don't want our work associated with hate speech, even accidental hate speech, if that's what it was. I regret using a DMCA takedown. Censorship is not the best thing for speech. And if I had a way to contact PewDiePie to take the video down, I probably would. He's a bad fit for us and we're a bad fit for them.
1: The video has is not on his channel or it wasn't last time we looked.
2: Yeah,
0: it's not, yeah. the so video went down really quickly.
1: Whether that was in response to a DMCA or if that's- he was just like...
0: That's a DMCA because it, w- it would show up a different... Um, oh, really? Just yeah, would be a different message. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: you're right. It'd say the user has removed this video, wouldn't it? But it um, just said the video's not available.
1: But then, that just it's not there. Hmm. Um, and other people have been up, re-uploading it uh, with like mirrors. And so it's weird. but well, this is... Uh,
0: I mean, yeah, that, that's the hard thing. When, like, once something is out there, it's very hard to take it down. Because especially if you have a large audience, like people are going to, uh, like even even the the clip of PewDiePie using the racial slur was uh, mirrored h- hundreds of times. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, but yeah, they, I I just I think it's a, a kind of an interesting, I don't know, an interesting well, like, kind of thing going forward. Yeah, cens-
1: copyright law, because <laughs> mm. that's the thing—they are completely within their legal rights to do it. Like that is the law. It's like it's like why you're not allowed to just upload a film onto YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Like that's why that doesn't happen. But just with games people are like we're just going to leave it. They're choosing not to enforce that that right that they have. But because I mean it's weird because if someone someone was like I've uploaded this entire into- I've uploaded all the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy 2 to YouTube. If James Gunn was like I'm filing the DMCA to take this video down, even if there, were, like, would it would people be going all oh, that censorship? If you know,
0: what if it was like a mystery science theater kind of thing? Cause like, if it, like they are all the, the th- difference. Do you think? Well, they are almost the people that started let's plays, are they not? I mean, someone will find an older example, of course, but uh, like there is, there, there is a slight. Well, not even a slight. There, there is a difference between someone just uh, playing a game, because you get that, like a, a playlist of 30, 40 videos of the entirety of Yakuza 0, no commentary, yeah. uh, which is just the game, you mm-hmm. know, or all cutscenes, Assassin's mm. Creed, Brotherhood, yeah, to give you, yeah, I got, I got the story from that. That's fine. I'm I'm okay. I've watched three and a half hours of cutscenes. That'll do me. I don't want to put in an extra 15 hours into a game. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I think that's different to someone actually playing and adding commentary or or critique whilst playing a game.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, if they don't respond to something like that, they're seen as enabling him. And that's what they wanted to get away from, wasn't it? Once, well, not enabling him as a person, enabling behaviour like that. And because he's someone in such a high station, um, he perhaps doesn't really see or maybe he doesn't care I don't know don't know him Uh, but he doesn't see the impact on what he says and then how people will perceive that and how they will take that on board and I think sometimes he people in such a position like that they really need to kind of question what they're doing because they're not no they're no longer a person they're a brand and when a brand is speaking in such a way like that and then someone is unwillingly associated in this instance, Campo Santo, they need to say, well, no, we're not okay with this, and we need to step back. And that's essentially what they've done. They say, we don't agree with you. We've had to do this step because we can't contact you, and we just don't want anything to do with you going forward. We don't agree with you as a a person and as an entity. And that's essentially it. I mean, you can say whatever you want about what has been said, but I think that's a discussion for another time, really.
1: It's. I mean, it's. It's kind of. I mean, Disney ended their partnership with him, their advertising thing. Or well, they're. they What was it? They did that. They were going to do make that, a that. show.
0: Studios. But they made a season one oh, of f- Scare Pewdiepie was the name with of Jacksepticeye, right? Maybe I, I, I don't. I don't know. Featured. Um, yeah. But yeah, they made a season one of that, and then they were going to make a season two, and I think other YouTube Red shows. But then uh, I think it was the anti-Semitic um, the anti-Sem- videos, yeah, with the the. Um that's what it was. Fiverr. the yeah, and he got the
1: the two paid, guys, yeah, yeah,
0: to hold up the the sign, um, yeah. And after that, then that's when uh, the the second season of the show was pulled. Um, and I mean, it's, he has it, previous. It, for he it he has previous. Going
2: even further back than that. I mean, like, a lot um, of his stuff has always been quite controversial and shock-themed. Oh,
1: themed. The, yeah, he lost another thing, wasn't it? With, was it with Levi's?
2: The jeans?
1: Was, yeah. I feel really? like it was a clothing thing. He lost it. Uh, maybe I'm making it up. I think he lost another ad campaign at one point. So, like, the I mean, is this not comparable to that, like, a company? I mean, they said, like, obviously, we probably made money off it as well because 5.7 million people watched the video. Mm-hmm. But is it is it comparable to, you know, a company saying, yeah, we are severing ties with this brand kind of thing?
0: Mm-hmm. And like, like you, you see other uh, YouTube personalities uh, kind of say that even like after all the ads, the, what do they call it? The adpocalypse, was it? Um, where YouTube was pulling ads yeah. from, or, or brands were pulling their ads from certain videos and things. It said that like, because because he is is considered like far and away above everyone else that then affects everyone else
1: yeah it's... it's so anytime he he does something like this it when it ends up in the mainstream
0: it was on bbc wasn't it was it was on
1: bbc breakfast like on the television that that
0: blows my mind
1: so, and then so then he is seen as games he represents
0: games to a lot of the mainstream and, uh, yeah like uh, and uh, like it it is it is fucking frustrating that that, like, as you say, like, when that's on BBC Breakfast, that represents like almost the An the entire industry, subculture, yeah. You know, because you're you're, you're a person who who isn't um, not even immersed, but just like kind of aware uh, of of the the industry or or kind of the the medium. Like when they see that, they go like, "Oh, so that's what." everyone is like
2: yeah it kind of creates a groan and goes oh that's gaming and it kind of yeah and it reinforces like a a kind of a a negative kind of impression that they had in the first place Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean and it's like kind of when someone is so big like that and has been so successful um anything bad that he does it reflects badly on
0: everyone and and that's a shame really Shall we chat about some happier news? Yes. Here's my link for you. Well, there may very well be a new Bethesda game coming this year. Are you sure? Uh yes, yes I am. Well, I don't know if I am really, because Pete Hines was a little bit muddled in how he, um, how he kind of uh, got his message out. So, uh, Pete Hines, who is, uh, I think, is the VP of marketing at Bethesda, he did an interview. Uh, where he said, we have a ton of stuff going on and we even have a game coming out this year that we haven't even told anybody about yet. They can wait. It won't be so long. Uh, He was asked if it was a new IP or what and he just said, oh, you'll wait and see. And it was all, ooh, exciting. Is Uh, it Skyrim again? Is it Skyrim again? Or maybe, I don't know, fucking Fallout 4 New Vegas. Ooh, isn't this great? Well, after that, uh, he then went on Twitter and he <laughs> he told people to ignore what he had said. Uh, and he he, had, he actually said, "Coward, probably just had a concussion from the beating I took online and was rambling."
1: Then so then everyone was like, "So there is, or like there is a new game, but he fucked up mentioning it yeah. or whatever." Yeah.
0: So then after that, he said that that tweet was a joke. Is this? Um, yeah,
1: it was Ryan Brown, who's uh, a UK games journalist, uh, was like, "So, so what's happening?" <laughs> like, and then Pete Hayes was like, "No, I, I knew what I was saying in the interview." Like, so, so then we were like, "Okay." So which
0: fucking is it? Like, I think, I, I, I think there's a new Bethesda game coming. Perhaps, maybe, um, there will be one day. <laughs> uh, there, well yeah Maybe not this year But there will yeah. be Well another one So like I mean We have The Evil Within yeah. We have Wolfenstein yep. Was that one called Starlight Oh so Well That was the rumoured one Around E3 Yeah Oh what was it Was it Starlight Something like that I mean, Yeah It's also a Mew song So I feel like it was Slightly different But not maybe Star it wasn't Not Star Citizen But no, no. That's the other one Um but yeah, there was the the space RPG that was rumored around rumored. around E three time. Never
2: revealed, yeah,
0: yeah. Like I get the impression though that this is um, kind of a well, what would it be? I don't know, an evil within Fallout Shelter or a Wolfenstein Fallout Shelter. That type of a kind of smaller experience on mobile rather than a fully fleshed out console release.
2: Okay, yeah.
0: You don't agree or... I don't
2: know with Bethesda. I really don't know what's going on. I mean, it's kind of like... It's been a long time since a new Elder Scrolls game, so it'd be lovely to have that, but
0: I don't know. Like, Bethesda have previous of just going, you know, here's our game, it'll be out in a couple of months. And that's I mean, good. they did it with Wolfenstein and... <laughs> it's very difficult Even to within. do
2: that. And Fallout and Doom. And it's really good that they managed to keep... You know, wraps on things for so long, and then say, and they're one of the few publishers and developers that say, when they announce a game, they go, "It's out," and it's out within six months generally of them saying it, and that's a rare thing. So
1: I don't think they'll do a new Elder Scrolls though, because they're still pushing Elder Scrolls online and in them.
0: This is true, yeah. Yeah. So
1: I don't. I mean, but they could, yeah, do another release of Skyrim.
0: Well, do you know what else is getting another release? What? L.A. Noir. Noir? L.A. Noir. And I am absolutely buzzing. Uh, So, this was announced kind of late last week that L.A. Noir is coming to uh, the PlayStation 4, Mm. the Xbox One. But more interestingly, it's getting a virtual reality release and a Nintendo Switch release. Yes. Yes. So, the...
2: The PC version, which gets the virtual reality bit, that's like several cases that have been redone in VR just to take... Um, and it's just... They're cases that are already in the game and they've just been redone to give them a 360 right. virtual reality experience vibe. Other than that, the PC version hasn't had any more enhancements over its original version. Um, But the Nintendo Switch version seems to be, from what I can gather, is a port of the PC version ported onto the Nintendo Switch.
0: Cool. <laughs> like, the the most exciting thing about this isn't that LA Noir is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Of course it isn't. It's a game from six years ago. Uh, that, it's coming out this November, alright, isn't it? Yes. So yeah, by the time it's out, it will be like six years old. It's a good game. It's, it's, a, go, it's a good game. It's a good game. It is the game that the number seven was invented for. Absolutely. Um, and... It was a game that was very ambitious, and had some really interesting ideas, but it was flawed quite heavily at points.
1: It's one of my favourite things is the the truth, uh, lie, doubt Fucking system. Fucking
2: The broken interrogation system.
1: Well, because it apparently what was it? Truth, it, it was, truth, doubt, and, and lie. lie. And then if you press doubt, you'd like call an old lady a motherfucker and curb stomper. Like <laughs> the originally apparently in, like originally it was like uh like truth lie or scare the shit out of like it would mm. the, the, it had different names trace or something yeah and that's how it was recorded so that's why it was that, that that's why doubt is so aggressive. And then when they tweaked it slightly and changed it to doubt, they then didn't have time to go back and mocap and record all the dialogue and shit again.
2: So I just need to replay the game and just doubt everything all the way through and oh just yeah, see where hilarious. it takes me, yeah. Uh,
0: this is the first Rockstar Games game on the Nintendo Switch. The first Rockstar Games game on a <laughs> Nintendo platform since, since the, What was this? F- I the- checked his... It was Chinatown Wars, wasn't it? Spot on, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chinatown Wars or Liberty City Stories, which was first, or which was most recent. One of them, anyway. Um, but could this, you know, could could, could this um, set precedent that Red Dead Redemption 2, perhaps? Well, yeah, people are saying, like, mm. proof of proof of concept you know, for, see, like... See see how the audience
1: takes to it. For, like, a GTA or a Red... For other rock star shit, basically. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense.
2: I think it would be amazing to be able to do it. Like to be able to play those Rockstar games on the go. Like even the first Red Dead Redemption would be brilliant to play on the Switch.
1: But is it is it not It's interesting territory for Nintendo to go from like Mario to like <laughs> You're fucking lying. Yeah. To to like very adult games, not even mid-range adult. I mean they've kind of done it before.
0: But but is this but, is it not a bit unfair to judge it on a six-year-old game like we what was it? With EA said they were going to judge it on FIFA,
2: yeah.
0: Um, Capcom, and monster, monster hunter. 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 Well, I mean, it like might they're two big current franchise. Like FIFA is EA's. Like it's whatever mode like in like that is like up there. It's probably top three, top five. Um, it's that game selling game? Yeah. Well, so,
1: like, it might not be necessarily like how much it sells. It might just be like seeing that it works on the switch
2: yeah do you know, know what i mean? mean like a tech test almost Yeah, in kinda. A way.
1: like not not that loads of people will buy rock like you know la noir on the switch but like to be honest that I've... kind of game mm. is playable and makes sense on the switch
2: mm. i think i'll definitely give it a go to be honest with you i mean i did enjoy la noir originally when i played it on the ps3 years ago but like you said it was a game that the number seven was definitely invented for. Um, and I enjoyed it. It was flawed, but I would love to just play it on the Switch
0: just just to see how it is, really. Well, Chris, there's plenty of people in Malaysia that would love to play any game on their PC, uh, but they can't. <laughs> you joke, not, not right now, anyway.
1: It might be back a up by re- now.
0: Well, it might, actually. <laughs> but for a time, at least, uh, they couldn't because the Malaysian government blocked the entirety of Steam. We got a tweet about it, asking if we could help them get Steam back up. I don't know if you saw that on our Uh, Twitter feed. I didn't, know. I don't think there's an awful lot we could have done either, to be fair. Um, So this is because of a game called Fight of Gods. A game where many, many religious figures fight, basically. You've Jesus, you've Buddha. uh, Who else is in there? Zeus. Zeus is in there, that's right. Yeah. um, any other Marvel characters is boring <laughs> or no? Um but yeah, it's basically where a number of gods are in a like is it a 2D fighting game or yeah. something? Um so the Malaysia's communications and multimedia minister, uh he he wanted um the game to be disabled, uh, which meant <laughs> disabling Steam. I mean, the like it, it's incredible. Like we
1: thought that the most we saw of this game was that I, w- you know, I sent you the trailer, and then you were like, "Ah, Jesus said it," and the tagline for tag, Jesus:
0: "He's back and he's cross." I was like, "Excellent." <laughs> and Excellent. then the,
1: the next thing we knew, like all of Malaysia was banned from using Steeps because, like, basically, so he he put out a statement. I don't know where he put it out; it was just put out, mm. just in general, uh, saying that uh, Malaysian uh, can like users of Steam need to be blocked. The game needs to be blocked for people in Malaysia or further steps will be taken. So that has to be done in 24 hours. And then obviously, like the uh, publishers, PQ, were like, well, nobody said anything to us. Mm -hmm. So they, because presumably they weren't just monitoring all press statements put out in every country everywhere for mentions of Fight of Gods. Nothing was done. So then, obviously, the next logical step was for the government to block all of steam.
0: I mean, it's a bit of a leap, really, to be honest. <laughs>
1: uh, but then he gave a uh, statement that essentially boiled down to, like, I mean, if you're that mad, I mean, fine, uh, and said they'd reached out to steam to try and resolve it. So presumably... Fight of Gods Will at some some point Not be available in Malaysia So then people can play other games
0: Yeah You'd hazard a guess (laughs) Like You may sacrifice that one game To allow The people of Malaysia To play other games on Steam But there is Origin And Itch.io And um, Blizzard's PC service, which is where you'll get to play Destiny 2 Uh, in about two weeks' time. Ooh, that was good. That was good. (laughs) And he came up with that on the fly as well. Um, (laughs) well, Are you implying that all the rest of them you think of beforehand? Because... (laughs) I would be considerably less impressed No no, I don't But I pick up on a word and I'm like right It's time to move on I'm going to use that word to move on to the next thing But anyway we're talking shop We should be talking shop because I want to talk shaders Uh, Because even though The the masses seem quite Pleased with Destiny 2 They're quite cross over Something called shaders Now Can someone explain to me what shaders are and why the people are cross.
1: So shaders are what you use to change color on your gear, on like your armor and your weapons. You can use shaders on as well, and they you essentially equip them in like an inventory, in like a slot on on. So you do press details on like your armor, and then you can be like, okay, I've got these mods, and then this shader applied to it, and you can change the shader. Now they used to be reusable and now they are consumable Mm. so when you use a shader you've used up that shader you can like get more of it you can stack up like five of one shader and then you know apply them to different bits of armor if you like that kind of thing but people weren't aware that they were consumable to start with so people were using the shaders and then seeing that it used up the shader and they were like hang on a fucking minute
2: Yeah, they've just changed their gun and then the gun doesn't go with their outfit.
1: Yeah, essentially. It's
2: the accessorizing for the um, sci-fi online shooter masses.
0: Yeah. Well, the Destiny 2 director, Luke Smith, uh, after people were getting a bit up in arms over the whole thing, uh, he went on Twitter and he said... Shaders are now an ongoing reward for playing. Customization will inspire gameplay. Each planet has unique armor and shader rewards. With D2, we want statements like, I want to run the raid, trials, or go back to Titan to get more of its shader to be possible. As two people that have played Destiny, which we'll get onto in a minute, like, do shaders, like, are they a reward for playing? Does customization inspire gameplay?
1: I mean, I like shaders because I'm that sort of person, but they're not dropping that often for me yet because I haven't hit level twenty yet.
2: Level twenty, you get them dropped all of the time. Yeah, you just but beforehand, what? Not a lot at all.
0: Uh,
1: I got my first shader at like level sixteen. I
2: think. Yeah, you don't really Really? get many at first. No,
1: Ah. I mean the other thing that annoys people is that you can buy them for real money.
0: Well, this is the issue. Yes, most definitely. Um, Now. they are purely cosmetic, aren't they? Like, it is yeah. lit, It is a, a colour. It, like, you have green armour, you put on a yellow shader, and you now have yellow armour.
2: Yeah, and it, it'll also shade your um, sparrow as well. But, I mean, it's... Yeah, it, it doesn't kind of change your abilities in any way, but the thing is, I think if... Especially if somebody's paid for something, <laughs> and then they've found out that they've equipped the shader, and then they've got a high level weapon afterwards and then that's like pink and then their outfit's green they might be annoyed by it
1: i mean the, the basically people are saying because they made them consumable and now you can buy them it's it's motivated by money but there, oh, yeah. i mean i mean there are other microtransactions in it that do not pay to win exactly but you but give you advantages and stuff
2: yeah you can buy silver to unlock gear and which people know. Build it is quicker, but I mean, you could do that on the first Destiny, but I never did, and I, no, I didn't. I, th- really I think
1: like the first I haven't re- looked into it. I'm still in the process of playing and and reviewing it and stuff. But I think there's something different about it this time that's made people cross,
0: right? Okay. About the silver, no, no about oh. the micro about the something micro, extra yeah. like
1: that. You can buy uh, loot boxes that have t- like better stuff in them,
0: right? Well, do you know what? I want to learn about, what do what they call, engrams and fucking all this other shit, so. <laughs> on to what we've been playing this week, Alice Bell. You have been playing Destiny 2. Yes. I played a little bit of Destiny, the original game from, what was it, two years ago? And, I mean, I, I gave it a good try. A good college try, as our American cousins say. And give it a good seven or eight hours. And I thought the shooting was very good mm. and everything else was boring. Yeah. And it I just it, it didn't get its hooks in me. I really agree. What is different about Destiny 2, if anything? Well,
1: I mean, the sh- Bungie are very good at doing shooting. So the shooting is very good. The combat is very good. It's good to hear. I mean, yeah. The gun feel is good. Um, they
0: feel like guns. They do. Good, good. good. Um, a nice heft.
1: But... The, I mean it's it is immediately more engaging like the the opening of Destiny 2 was just a billion time, approximately a billion times more interesting the opening of Destiny like there like there was like Destiny I was like I, why am I doing I don't understand why I'm fighting these people I don't know like really what is happening but in this there is a bad guy and it's a very simple like this guy just wants to kill everyone Mm. But that's fine. Like, that's all I need. That's an unambiguous, these guys are baddies.
0: Yeah, uh, you're the goodies, they're the baddies. They, just, they, Kill just, them. they
1: destroyed our entire city and they took away my powers and I don't like them. So so then I'm like, okay, I have a clear antagonist. I have a purpose. Like in this, in the, you know, the game I'm going around, I'm setting up patrols and whatever and doing all this stuff. And just because there is a bad guy and because our resources got wiped out, it makes more sense immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's much, much more interesting to look at as well. Just the first few planets, you're immediately like, this is, there are more colors than gray. Cause you start off on like the moon and stuff and destiny and this, you start off on kind of like the European dead zone. So kind of post industrial wastelandy bit of and it's all kind of very interesting there are the kind of different ways to go through buildings and different ways to make your right, way around the area and underground bits and then you go to like you know io and stuff and that's all different and then there's a planet there's one planet i can't remember the name of right now but it's all turquoise and red and it looks really nice and they're Anessus? all yeah yeah, yeah yeah and they're all different and interesting looking and have cooler traversal options and stuff than the the like so much of Destiny. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of more compelling things. It's basically what I wanted Destiny to be in the first place. It just took them like several years.
0: Well, I mean, you listen to a Destiny fan and they say that the first one was excellent, but after about 18 expansions. Chris, you've also been playing Destiny 2. Yes, yes. Have you much previous with Destiny?
2: I played the first one. Um, I must have leveled up to 17 or 16 or something out of sheer determination to try and eke some enjoyment out of the game. I didn't really enjoy the first one. As you said and both of you said the shooting in the first Destiny was cracking, uh but it was just all a bit dour for me as a whole. Um Destiny 2 has been like I I said to you, you both I said uh, I've pre-ordered Destiny 2 because I want to give it another go. And try it again um but i don't know i don't know how i feel about it yet and then i went into it kind of with um i guess kind of a clean slate and i've absolutely loved my time with it so far i mean um, i have finished the campaign um i've done loads of the challenges i did all the strikes last week um I did loads of patrols on different planets. I've been unlocking loads of exotics, which are like uh, rare weapons. Right. So well, you're, you're saying
0: a lot of words there now, Chris. Um, exotics and well, what did you say? Nightfall. You've stricken
2: someone down. Yeah, stricken someone down to the strikes. They're, um, they're like weekly missions, basically. And it's essentially, it's it's refreshed each week. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a strike and then... You basically have an objective that you need to reach and you have to go across a wide area dispatching enemies and defeat a boss at the end.
0: Is that a public thing or just it's, you and your... your? Um... You can do it with
2: teams or you could pick up somebody. But the thing is with a strike, you really need three of you to do it. So you can have, say, two of your other mates or you can spawn in on the strike and then it'll match up to other people and then you can go for it from there. Um, so the strikes were pretty good, and you was on about the public side. There are things called public events, and these are dotted around in different areas on the maps. And every 20 minutes, say, for example, in that area, they will have a there's a flag in a certain area. Maybe there's a flag on a lake. There's one on a cliff. If you go to this flag and hold the square button down, you kind of rally on that point, and it'll kind of trigger that event. And... In this event, basically, you have a swarm of enemies come down, and it'll be to defend a digger or keep enemies away from a pile of something called glimmer, which is like a rare earth mineral.
1: Yeah, you basically like the public events are some of my favourite things because you would just see some random like just random people hanging around. They, yeah, you go to like a flag and say like I'm going to p- participate in this thing, mm-hmm. uh, and then it will show you the countdown to when it starts because they just will automatically happen um and then you basically just it's just destroying waves of enemies
2: yeah it's it's a really good with other people because destiny it's diablo in first person basically Mm -hmm. so the aim is to kind of craft um and grind to get better loot and these public events they're the best ways really to get um, a lot of the higher level loot um, that you can't do in other areas, so it just gives you the opportunity to kind of jump into a quick game with people, or jump into a quick moment with people and dispatch a horde of enemies, and then get something decent out of it.
0: So you mentioned uh, you were at level what was it, 17, Twen- seventeen when you were getting uh, shaders. or what, what so you're what like level twenty now?
2: Yeah, twenty's the level cap at so, the moment. Yeah,
0: explain to me. 'Cause I'm seeing people with like three figure numbers, two hundred and forty nine and stuff like that. Oh, What's that's that your about? your power. Yeah.
1: Like, it that's it's a combination of all the the gear and weapons you have. So, and then it kind of it tells you how strong you are, and then it'll like a mission will say like recommended.
0: Everything power. has right. a rating okay. and the rating adds up. There's just
2: numbers all over the
1: place. Yeah. No. What oh, it is. Like a- numbers. <laughs>
2: like in Borderlands when you shoot enemies and you have the yeah. numbers pop off, it's the same in Destiny.
1: Secret numbers game. Mm-hmm. Not even a secret numbers game. No it's numbers th- game. <laughs> it's it's, it's like there, The sure. shouting
2: numbers game, isn't it?
1: It's it's a shooting Luther.
0: It's it's it, and it does that well. Like I know you say the shooting is like very very good. Mm. It, is it enough to to keep you interested? I mean, it it seems so. Well,
1: it's, I mean it. It's I mean. I it, said does to it ever you, does it ever become repetitive? Basically, I said to you last saying? night, like it does a little bit because. I get it, like it hasn't reset and stuff this week. But like I, I said to you last night, it sometimes feels a bit like how smoking was described to me by my brother, in that he would really, really want a cigarette, and then he'd start smoking the cigarette and go, "Yeah, it's fine in it." So I, sometimes I get a little bit of a feeling like that, where I'm like, "I really want to play Destiny, and then I start playing it, and and you're sort of enjoying it, but shooting. oh, my grenades reset? Throw the grenade. Mm-hmm. Grenades reset. Throw the grenade. Oh, I got my big ability. Yeah. So there's a little bit of an aspect of that for me, because li- you know you Rinse grind. And repeat. Like, are the enemies yeah. v-
0: enemy types varied enough? Oh, there's loads. Of uh, and some enemy of the planets, types, yeah.
1: especially, yeah, you get some of them in fights with each other, and you turn up and go, ha ha, <laughs> and shoot everyone. Oh, so is there fun. like
0: in, uh, yeah. in fighting mm. between like different factions of enemies? It's, yeah, there's oh, there's a like,
1: vex, the vex, the fallen, fallen, the taken. The taken, and then the legion and Hmm. the
0: taken
2: think of the taken basically as the white walkers of the game okay because the taken are um
0: other i guess uh the taken are are, like the big bastards are they they're like they're the ones that everyone's fighting
1: well everyone's fighting everyone everyone's fighting
2: everyone but the taken are essentially possessed other races um so you'll have like um say the vex and you'll have like the vex is a race and in the vex you'll have different levels like say someone like who's a a vandal and that's a type of soldier Mm -hmm. the
1: the vex are robots the fallen are weird little beetley aliens uh the legion are big kind of warhammer 40k tanky bastards yeah and then um the 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 taken are kind of lost shadowy soul versions of different ones of them kind of and they can almost.
2: split off can't they and all sorts
1: yeah it's really fucking annoying you be shooting like a, a fallen uh, taken grunt and you're like I've nearly killed this guy and they just split into another one brilliant <laughs> cheers
0: lads but yeah all in all like Chris I'm guessing you're going to be putting a lot more time into it by, yeah, the, way, by the way you're talking I've,
2: I've, I've put I think I've already put double the amount of time into like, the original to be mm-hmm. honest with you I mean i agree with what alice says i mean you can kind of sometimes go to it and go i really want to play destiny you're in it and then you're like i'm a bit bored of shooting i was like that last night so instead i went exploring and i just started going into different um looking into loot caves so like these lost sectors they're called and they're like hidden areas but they're not really hidden because they're on the map and they're just weird symbols that you don't know what they are at first mm. and i've just been going around looking for things and just seeing what each area holds in a way really just kind of exploring
1: need to get up a power level to do the first raid though mm. it's too i think the power level's like
2: 260 260 to 280 yeah I'm so not, i'm not hit that yet i'm on 241 at the minute so i'll get there tonight
0: i am very good chris i, I believe in you Annis, i'm sure you'll uh, you'll get there just yeah one one fine you uh, how how long is the campaign-ish, like ballpark? How long f- did it take you, Chris?
2: How long um, are you? F- I've not done it yet. Um, Just trying to think. Because I was doing other things as well alongside Fair it. point, yeah. So yeah. it probably took me about 10 hours because I was doing other bits other and bits. bobs. Yeah, because the thing is, you're running from one mission to another and a public event will kick off. And then you're like, oh, I'll go and join in that. And then you'll see some chests and then you'll see a group of enemies. And whereas my mates who are playing it now, um, they played the first Destiny and put thousands of hours into it crazily. And um, they go, right, I'm going from point A to point B. Whereas I kind of, I, I deviate from the track. And if I see enemies, I shoot them. And I like to just play around with everything. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What well classy? Um, I'm a hunter at the moment.
1: War- warlock's clearly the best
2: oh the warlock is yeah
1: warlock's like the the three classes are a titan hunter and warlock and it's basically like warrior rogue wizard but with guns and the the warlock has a subclass called void walker which clearly makes them the cool scene kids at the guardians oh Vo- what yeah. is it void yeah.
2: is that when they get the um the big stick and the no, no, big Vo- stuff. No, no, but it's just
1: Void Walker is just you throw bits of void at people. Oh, okay. Because I've
2: got like, because um, I've unlocked all the subclasses for my Hunter. You, can, I've got this like uh, special attack now, and essentially I can jump up in the air, slow down time, and pull back an arrow and shoot void at people. It's still not as it's, cool as the Warlock. <laughs> I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like the Legolas of my story.
0: Uh, well, it's interesting you mentioned Void Walker, Alice, because. Uh, Des Walker used to be a professional football player. Played for Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday. No, yeah, not Forest. Yeah. He's a very, very good centre-half, actually, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he was. Um, <laughs> he was, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's a ta- oh, I'm talking about football, that sport. Uh, well, Pro Evolution Soccer 2018 is, is out. Is it out? Yeah, it is out now, isn't it? And I played it quite a lot over the past couple of days. And... I really enjoyed myself. It changes quite a lot from 2017 and there is definitely a sort of a bedding in period uh, and getting to grips with just how to play the game because it's a, it's a lot slower and a lot more measured in uh are, you have to be a lot uh, kind of a lot more measured in how yeah. you uh, approach goal than say previous games. Is it like
2: going from PES 2 to PES 3? I don't know, Chris, because I Did never played play those PES ones. Two or oh, PES three, so I can't because say because Pez Two was very fast, really fast. You could kick, the, ping the ball about. Whereas Pez Three l- brought the the gameplay speed down a massive notch mm. and just kind of made it more methodical. And then you had to kind of, I guess, think more about what you were doing than kind of just do a sequence of one twos everywhere.
0: Like it, I suppose I should say it's not sluggish. Like no, at I don't all. mean in a negative Yeah, line, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like it, it it isn't sluggish. It is just more it's slightly more simmy. Yeah. Like I don't like I I remember I previewed uh FIFA 18. I think that was a bit slower. But I honestly can't remember because it was so long ago. But yeah, like in terms of on the pitch I really enjoyed it and and its players can seem more intelligent than hmm. uh previous years as well. Like I was explaining to you Chris how a keeper on a goal kick will um, hoof it into the air and the man that's marking you will try and jostle for position, try and get in front of you to yeah. get a better position on, on the ball. Or like your teammates will, like, f- trying to find pockets of space to run into, trying yeah. to look for the ball. Like players that should, I suppose, because there are, you know, your centre half isn't going to be Leading a counter-attack more often than not In terms of what they've done with how the game plays I think they have done excellently actually It's just some of the other things around it That maybe need a little rejig
2: Yeah we discussed the commentary didn't we And you weren't a big fan of
0: well. See the commentary is going to upset some people more than others Or not upset some people at all It upsets me quite a lot. Because your commentators are your storytellers. These are the people explaining the narrative to you of what's happening on the pitch. Like, in terms of animations and how the players react to scoring a goal or or a scuffed uh, pass or whatever. They are very good. And to be fair, they do have to be applauded for that. Like, the game looks terrific. But your commentators... Jesus wept like Peter Drury and Jim Beglin are fucking awful yeah. like really aw- or they just ha- they they haven't recorded enough lines or yeah. something like it's it's just really unnatural and very noticeable like it still has and I, I'm kind of reminded of the old WWF games like WWF oh what was it Warzone uh, attitude where it would be like The Kane with the cane chokeslam, or what I like, uh, the, the, stilted. The, it's very stilted, and it really stands. Oh, you do actually get that type of like Valencia today will be playing Barcelona. Well, like mm. whatever it is, um, and it's just very noticeable. And lines repeat themselves over and over again. Sometimes you even get them talking over each other, but not in a way that's intended. Mm. Obviously, audio tracks are. Are meant to, but FIFA manages to
2: do that. Has always managed FIFA to do that pretty does that good, hasn't it? Excellent.
0: Yeah, cause because they'll go as I was saying or whatever. Like um, GTA did it. Some other open world game did it recently as well. Uh, Uncharted, Uncharted did it. Where yeah. like you'll kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, you'll swerve or aw- I don't know whatever it is. You crash like, and they'll go like whoa, and then Sully will go anyway, anyway, yeah. And it just like little things like that make yeah. it feel far more natural. Master League is. It's pretty much as Master League has been, yeah, and that's really good. Like it's your your average kind of career mode, but they were touting a lot of changes this year uh, with this challenge uh, mode in in Master League. Because you've what is it, classic and challenge? I think, and challenge is meant to make you feel more like a manager, yeah, by giving you more control over the club's dealings. And the tr- I think the transfer system has been improved, okay. But you know that little news ticker. Yes. In, in the centre of the screen, that will say, this much time, so, like, yeah. Let's say you're playing as Manchester Red and I- I- Ibrahimovic is being linked with other clubs. Yeah. And like Zlatan Ibrahimovic says, Oh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And like, I'd love to be able to, as the manager of Manchester Red, ha- have have a say or, or, you know, chat to Zlatan and say, Listen, don't be blowing kissy faces at Chelsea now. You're a Man United yeah. player, or or whatever. you would love to have some influence over it. I'm not again. I'm not asking for Football Manager. If you mm. want to play Football Manager, you can play Football Manager. But at the same time, when you have FIFA doing all these other things, absolutely, like it, it needs to be a bit better. I'm not looking for cutscenes. I'm not looking for fucking I don't know, glorious acting skills. I'm sure, but I'm just looking for something just a bit more. Like Sky One's dream team from back in the day. Fucking yes, Grace. <laughs> Get a bit of, uh, what was his name? Luis Rodriguez. He was a superstar <laughs> Argentinian. Purple forward. Yeah, oh, they were great. I always wanted to oh. one of the Harchester United jerseys, actually, with Fletch on the back. You fucking club legend, that lad. playing um, football
2: highlights with superposed purple shirts yeah, on Yeah,
0: it was excellent. Um, and you had uh, Jerry Block and Linda Block ran the club. Awful. Linda had an affair with uh Cara Fletcher. <laughs> Didn't
2: she end up on Coronation um, Street? She
0: did, yeah, yeah. yeah she, as Carla. Um and what what's his what what's his name? Uh was it uh oh, was it John Oh was his name? John Black. He died. Their centre half was sh- sh- was shot during an epic fight. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, oh. It was ludicrous. Oh, it was a TV show called Dream Team. It was fucking the Can we can we do that, that, on that on the extra and, podcast? There was um, that and footballers' that's wives. That's a great idea. Explain Dream Team. It was it was well it was footballers' wives before footballers' yeah. wives, I suppose. Um, footballers' wives was great. Um, Our footballers wives just umped the
2: the sex factor really it kind yeah. of made it a bit more steamy windows but it but yeah anyway <laughs> what pop was just saying um you you want to be able to influence the kind of what's actually occurring on the ticker like so yeah. say last time just have have yeah.
0: have, a, have, a, have a bit more input so, like, cop on yourself there, there there are <laughs> Like they brought back brought back random selection, which yeah. is great. What a fun mode! Pick two teams. Like you can have Wes Hoolin playing for Barcelona. What more do you want? It's fucking. It's great. Probably it really, like, like like that is is Wes in it? Uh, oh, of course he is. Yeah, I'm playing for Norfolk City. Nice. Rather than Norwich City. The the new co op mode is is the two, two. two There's two v two and three v three. And initially, I thought this is far too messy. There's too much going on in bit the busy. screen. But after a bit of time with it, it is quite fun, because it makes you appreciate, say, off-the-ball runs or playing support rather than being the glory hunter. Yeah. Um, I quite enjoyed that mode. Again, on the pitch, really enjoyable. Yeah. There's just a couple of things that I... uh, I don't know. They're starting to show their cracks a little bit. Okay. But, yeah, I haven't got a chance to play my club yet, uh, because... Servers haven't gone live at time of recording. So when that happens, I get to play a bit of my club and update my review on the site. Yeah, all in all, like, it, really very, very enjoyable. You can very see yourself moor-ish, playing like. it for the next 12 months. I should fucking pays it, You know, it's just, it's just very, very moorish. Good. You know, which I can't say for Tokyo Dark. But that's really just because it's the story. Well, no, I suppose it is a bit moorish because you can go back. Anyway, Tokyo Dark is a game that I've played. Which is out on PC, and it is a sort of an adventure game come visual novel, but more visual novel than adventure <laughs> game, basically. There's little in the way of puzzles and all that. Uh, you are Detective Iami uh, Ito, and your partner has gone missing, uh, and you must track him down. And, like, this game is verily, uh, or verily, uh, very heavily. Based in story, so I kind of won't go any further. But there are like supernatural elements and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. I have to explain because I have to explain something called the spin system. Yes, partners gone missing, yeah. uh, and you need to kind of track them down. But also while fighting your sanity, professionalism, investigation, and neurosis. So that is the spin system. So as I said, there's this kind of supernatural. kind of element, right? Involving a mask. Detective Ito has what's in the game deemed a psychotic episode. They're brought into hospital and the nurse takes them through what they need to do to recover. And that involves the spin system. S is, as I say, your sanity. And you can keep that under control by, you're told, by doing things for yourself, by playing with your cat in your apartment, by taking these pills, uh, by... Maybe just having a bit of R&R, you know, going yeah. to a cafe, having a, a cup of coffee or in the game, what is it in the game? You can have pancakes. But uh, if you don't do that, then that will negatively affect your sanity. If you do do that, that will, I think, what is it, affect your investigation negatively. Your investigation then, of course, is going around collecting clues and whatnot. Your professionalism is how you interact with say, if you're interrogating people or your your colleagues. So if no you... No doubt. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's kind of similar, I suppose. Like, you'll have uh, options, like two or three options to say to someone. Uh, like, for instance, there's a part early on in the game where, uh, as Detective Ito, I walked into a bar. Yeah. And there was a bar woman there and I asked her to answer my questions. She wasn't really that forthcoming. So... I said, "Look, I'll have a drink just to show her. Like, I- I'm cool. I'm yeah. cool. I'm. A- I'm. I'm not working right now. I'm just. I'm just. You know. Just, just got chillaxing. Just- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why not? So I got a drink, and then she, the bar woman, was like, what are you doing? Fucking, you're a cop. Like, well, well, how come? How come you're drinking?' And that negatively affected my professionalism. So th- things like that, and then n- neurosis. You're told is if you repeat actions, yeah, uh, you'll. Become more stressed So like if you're Pacing up and down An area Or if you Constantly chat To the same person If you initiate A conversation With the same person Over and over Yeah That will be Bad for should your Should tread treading Old ground exactly. And getting nowhere So Isn't that Fucking cool Isn't that a really Interesting idea
1: It does
2: sound interesting
1: yeah. Yes and you have not spoken to me about
0: this before Well, <laughs> done, that's very good in execution mm, it doesn't go far enough so yeah tokyo dark set in tokyo and there's a lot of different areas around the place that you can travel to because there's like a map and you open up areas as you go on but the issue is if you're kind of on a thread you know if you're like if someone tells you meet meet chris over by the Alice tells me meet Chris over by the end of the road yeah and I'm like all right okay I'd like to meet Chris over by the end of the road but I also like to stop off in the apartment and may, maybe take a tablet or something beforehand I can't do that you can't I ha- I have to go straight to Chris basically so it it introduces this really elaborate really interesting um, system and doesn't I don't know. It doesn't doesn't allow you to explore it it as much as you can. does not true on it. Uh, Yeah. I I, I don't know. It's an enjoyable enough story that kind of keeps you interested up until the end, but it's just a a bit of a shame. Is it a lengthy game? Uh, Not really. Well, I don't know. It's about six hours ish, give or take. Sometimes you see the spin system in, in action, but it's just quite inconsistent. Uh, <laughs> shit, I wasn't even thinking Come on, um, you can do it, come on. Inconsistent, Tokyo Dark, Dark Park Park, South Park, the Fractured Terrible fractured, the fractured Mind, I don't know uh, South Park, the Fractured the Hall, Alice Bell, you have played Like the first
1: three hours of this? The first day, kind of, almost All of the first day uh, At an event uh, Last week, I wasn't allowed to talk about it on The previous podcast But I am now Um it's looking pretty good. I mean, the, so with The Stick of Truth, I thought it was funny in the way it like lampooned uh, and did kind of well-observed jokes about the fantasy and uh, kind of video games, gen- generally, like those genres. Mm. Uh, but the kind of the gameplay mm. <laughs> uh, so stuff like the combat and things but it wasn't as good and this time it might it's looking maybe the other way around because the combat's fucking excellent in it the changes they've made because uh, I got to do more of that and explore like the complexities of having four kids on your team uh, against another team of kids that all have different powers interact in different ways so there's like there's slowing there's um, damage there's dot damage over the time stuff like uh, burning freezing all this kind of stuff there's healing uh there's powers that will move people around the the kind of grid area of combat and stuff and it's a very entertaining challenge kind of juggling it all
2: is it like isometric or is it side on like it's it's like tv show yeah, yeah. Oh. um just because when you said that you can move people around i thought does it like switch
0: perspectives then no, for, no, oh,
1: okay. no. it's
2: it's the it's all 2d side on but the
0: they get smaller. <laughs> I'll <come> go <laughs> they there further away, Grand. like the cows. Um,
1: the the other side of it. I mean, I said before, like I was hoping to see more taking the mech out of superheroes and stuff because it's quite easy to do that in theory, anyway.
0: Because um, yeah, you play you played it at E three, yeah, and you weren't entirely gone on the because the joke st- E three the Big joke
1: of the, the segment at E3 is like it's kids in a strip club, it's a terrible place for kids to be. Uh, and there is a little bit more of that in what I played because mm-hmm. c- it's South Park, it's gonna be, but yeah, there was a bit more of the making fun of Superheroes thing, which was more fun and I would like to see more of in the whole thing. It was great to see some of The one thing that did really make me laugh is that, um, Timmy in it is kind of a version of Professor X and there's a bit where all the superheroes meet up and I'd completely forgotten what Carmen's first name was and it was very funny. Um, so the, there is more of that in what I played which I did like seeing um, but it's I'm, I'm worried that basically it's going to be because like South Park when it started I felt like and loads of people have made this point that like they were young guys kind of raging against the establishment and now they are the establishment sort mm. of raging against young people and it sort of splits mm. a bit and I'm worried that it's going to be that rather than the kind of well observed take on superheroes side more but yeah. the actual the combat and the stuff was really excellent in terms of the gameplay and stuff, it was just some of the other bits where it's all just like this is funny because it's offensive
2: the first one was Obsidian, wasn't it? And this one's been made in-house now by Ubisoft, mm. isn't it? So, yeah. It, it does look interesting. Um, I'd like to see where it goes. What's it, what's it like um, in terms of its social commentary?
1: Oh, there was stuff. that whole thing. Yeah, so the there's stuff like... You, so you can choose your sex and gender and you can choose if you're a transgender or cisgender as well. Uh, and then immediately upon leaving the school from having that conversation, you uh, get attacked by rednecks who will uh, uh, say, if it ain't a cisgender boy or if it it ain't a Mm. transgender girl, like whatever you pick, they'll attack you. Um, And it's kind of, because I, obviously I'm a cis person, but I thought that the bit where you chose all that was done quite well. But then it was pointed out that if that's just in service to make a joke, then that's not so good. But like, it felt more to me like they wanted to include being able to choose your sex and gender, but then couldn't just let that go without making it a joke.
2: Did they have that? They had the colour shader thing as well, didn't they? And that's they? the other thing, yeah. So yeah. you could. What did so... you think about it?
1: The, so, the, when you create a character, you. And I thought it was just a joke. Yeah. I didn't. I don't think that it actually affects difficulty very much. And it's still unclear how much it does. But basically, when you create your character, you choose your character's skin colour mm-hmm. and it's presented as a difficult... It's, it says, like, choose your difficulty and then the, obviously, like, the easiest is white mm-hmm. and then the most difficult is black. And, it's, I like, I thought it was just a dumb joke because, like, a you know, a social commentary joke because then later on you have an actual difficulty option for, like, combat and stuff. But so apparently what, it might actually change some things, but I'm not sure really what.
2: Maybe it'll be like Hellblade, a Sacrifice, where it's actually supposed to make a difference. But it doesn't really. But it doesn't yeah, really. Because
1: Eurogamer asked, and apparently it might affect some things like how much money you start with or something. And it might, and I think, affect some dialogue that people will say to you, but I don't know.
2: Hmm. You can see what they're trying to do with mm. it. And the thing is, it's like I'd seen obviously on the interwebs and you've seen some people and they go, It's really amusing and then some people go, I actually find it quite offensive. Um but then again South Park's kind of I know it's not defending things. It's always been about that. Mm. And that's what it is. That's it's always unashamed of being like that. And I'm not gonna put my personal opinion on it. It's just what it is. Um but I was just interested to see where it worked as a game mechanic. Really,
1: that's the thing. It's unclear how because when I played it, I I just I just thought, well, It's it's they've made a joke because yeah, because then there was a separate thing for difficulty. So there was like they they had like to choose your difficulty, and then yeah, they yeah. had an actual
2: choose your difficulty afterwards. That's the thing. I can't comment unless I see so it. So you know it's I mean? yeah,
1: it's one thing to make yeah. it a joke, and then it's another thing to, in effect, kind of if if you are a black person and you want to play as a black character. Then you're penalized if you're being penalised for it that's a whole thing right yeah. so.
0: but we'll see yeah. you were almost a Jill sandwich it's me Mario would you calling me? Yeah. let's go forward. this is my favourite store on the Citadel war never changes Every week on the Video Gamer Podcast, I test the gaming knowledge of my colleagues with a simple game called Who Am I? I give five clues to the identity of a video game character, and you, spell, and you, Chris Hallam, must give me the correct answer. All you have to do is say stop, and then give me said answer. Clue number one. My first appearance in a video game came in 2013. 2013. Clue number two, I can't tell you when my next appearance in a video game will be, but I can tell you my sequel was announced last year. Okay. Clue number three, at 14 years of age, my first game was seen as a sort of of coming-of-age story by the development team. Stop. Chris Hallam. It's Ellie from The Last of Us Fucking
1: hell, I just couldn't remember her name
0: And this week's winner is Chris Hallam Thank you Well done Um, Maybe I should have swapped around clue number 3 and clue number 4 I had to go through the clues Uh, My first appearance in a video game came in 2013 Of course The Last of Us, clue number 2 I can't tell you when my next appearance in a video game will be But I can tell you my sequel was announced last year Which was The Last of Us Part 2 at PSX uh, clue number 3 at 14 years of age my game was seen as a sort of coming of age story by the development team I mean it was uh, clue number 4 upon my first game's release my character was criticised by a well known actress for quote ripping off her likeness which obviously that well known actress Page. was Ellen Page uh, and clue number 5 Ashley Johnson starred as this character opposite uh, Troy Baker in what many consider the best game of the last generation and one of the best of all time and that is Ellie from The Last of Us
2: I played the uh Last of his left behind the other day, so that's
0: probably why it was in my head. Oh, yeah. This, um, if I was you, I'd have to put in a Steward's Inquiry.
1: <laughs> Couldn't remember a fucking name.
0: Every Tuesday, we send the call out for questions, uh, to ask us on this here question segment of the Video Gamer Podcast, and you lovely people, you answer. Uh, with your wonderful questions that we ask to each other here. Uh, Ross McMahon, uh, he asked, favourite dessert? Uh,
1: When I got married, we went to a place called uh, Serendipity 3, which is in New York, and they have a dessert there called the Forbidden Broadway, which is a lot of ice cream, chocolate ice cream, hot fudge sauce, and then an entire slice of chocolate cake
0: in it. I mean, I was asking for, like, I wasn't saying, like, your favourite dessert. That's my favourite dessert. Ever. Yeah. So So you, like, that particular instance of that thing.
1: Would you, okay, chocolate ice cream with fudge sauce and a big thing
0: of fudge chocolate cake in it, like... Alright, okay. <laughs> well, just, I'm I just, sorry, I, how I, I, I feel like you're breaking the rules. How is it, that a wrong say. answer? Because favourite dessert is surely, like... A sticky toffee pudding. Like, yes.
1: But it is well on de- Chris
0: the rules. But it's a dessert.
1: Yeah, but I mean. It I, was on the menu I under could desserts. Have, I could
0: have a fucking. Like. I don't know. Can I say a chalk ice is my favourite dessert at so. all? Yeah? Can I say, like, a prawn cocktail is my favourite dessert?
1: But That's not. What a dessert. What if I have it as my
0: third meal? <laughs> in, in a. In a, in a How we
1: do it? Because, because. Now we're
0: being
2: facetious. <laughs>
1: because prawn cocktail wouldn't be under. Not um, even on norm- the menu it would as dessert. Be a <laughs> right. But but this was a dessert. I don't see what your problem is.
2: All right. Uh, you're just saying because she's gone for three different things in the one? That's is that what me, you're saying? To but me, but I think you're bending the rules. I think but it sounds sticky amazing. Toffee, to be honest. Sticky
1: toffee pudding comes with toffee
0: sauce and ice cream, or
2: cream, or custard.
0: So, what's, what's the main? Is a fudge. Cake, is it? Is that like I'm. Well, it was what, a big what, slice of chocolate. chocolate. It was a big
1: slice of chocolate fudge cake in S- chocolate ice cream with a lot of hot fudge sauce. So, say like
0: chocolate fudge cake.
1: Well, no, because that on its own is not my favourite dessert.
0: <laughs> uh, Chris Kane asks One thing you'd add and one thing you'd remove from the Xbox Dash and PS4. I would make it possible to pin things on the PS4. That, yeah. that's quite good Yeah. That, um well hang on did I say add and one thing I'd remove the inability <laughs> to pin things on the Playstation 4 um, I just I don't know it's the length of the PS4 it's too long to get yeah. to my library it's fucking way over there yeah
2: and that's the thing and it's the only the most frequent ones are right at the start aren't they and mm-hmm. then if you've not gone into your library for a little while then it disappears right off
0: the edge which is annoying. And also make it easier to find the enable HDCP checkbox because it's just it's just too many, too many clicks uh, yes. to get to get through to it. Um, what about yourselves, Xbox or PlayStation? Well,
1: I I find PlayStation easier because that's the one I use the most. I find the Xbox One is a bit too. Com- Complicated, almost. It's
2: just a lot going on, isn't it? Yeah,
1: it's very busy for me. Yeah, I think they need to simplify.
2: I I don't know. I I agree with Alice. More more specific than that. It's. I think the. I mean, I play on both of them an equal amount, but the Xbox One has just got so much going on. What I'd remove is, I would remove the ads. Because there's always there's always a, <laughs> yeah. there's a, there's always the ad in the bottom right corner, and that one's always the most annoying one for some reason. <laughs> there's a, quite a few ads now. There's about three different ads on the dashboard on the Xbox. Um, what I would add is like a folders system, like mm-hmm. the PlayStation 4 has a, on the dashboard. That'd be great to because they have the pin system, but it'd be nice just to have a folder right in the middle, and then you've kind of got your top four just there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael asks, Colin, will you be busting out the PS3 to play Yakuza 3 to 5 before 6 arrives? I mean, there's only so many hours in the day, Michael, to be honest. In all likelihood, no. Uh, I'll finish Kawami, and then I will probably play Kawami 2, then probably Yakuza 6, because it's out in March, so I don't really have long to go. We'll just have to sleep less. Uh Yes, that would be lovely <laughs> We'd probably be very tired though Still any problem uh, Thank you very much, dear listener For listening to this here episode of the Video Gamer Podcast And especially the VGBGs. Uh, Thank you very much for your continued support Over on patreon.com forward slash video gamer uh, You will be getting an extended bit of this podcast I mean, right away All you do is just going to leave it playing uh, And you will be getting uh, an extra podcast Later on the week As well And a Q&A actually You'll be getting a Q&A, Q&A this week too Um so yeah, thank you very much For your continued support um, But uh, we love all of you So if you could head to iTunes And rate and review us That would be delightful uh, You can follow us all on Twitter as well I am at CullermanScoreHearn Chris is at IBU666 Alice is at BabyGotBell And video gamers on Twitter Facebook, Instagram and Snapchat At VideoGamerCom And we're on YouTube YouTube.com forward slash VideoGamerTV But for all of your video gamer needs Just head to VideoGamer.com And now it's time for my least favorite part of the show This is the part of the show where we must bid the listener, ah, do. So say goodbye, Chris Hallam. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Alice Bell. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Conor Sloan. Go for.